So David, we're living in strange times. It feels like even this week, it's just caught up to us really quick. Uh, learning from information that's going on in the world with the, uh, with the virus that's come upon us fast and how we've responded to it. Uh, not, not really prepared to think it would get this close to us. Different day for us today. Yeah, well, I mean, it feels like everybody has been kind of caught out by the speed that it, that it moves. And, and obviously for us as a church, we want to take very seriously advice that our government, that uh, our health services are giving to us. Uh, and we know that they've sort of announced to us this past week that, you know, churches are okay to keep meeting. But for us uh, as, a, as a community, we decided that we wanted to live uh, in, in a place of neighborly love, in a place where we, where we did our best to, to care for others. So that's why we decided just to shut down all of our services. And it, <laughs> I can't help but note the irony, Bobby, that here we are, a couple of pastors, and you know, I don't know if everybody realizes this, but pastors talk a lot about the numbers in their churches, right? You know, this week had this many people, and that week had that many people. And, you know, and here we are, the honest truth is, you know, it's you and me sat in an empty room. <laughs> there's, there's no one else here. But we hope that you're all watching uh, at home. <laughs> well, things have suddenly changed, uh, and it's going to be changed for a little while. Uh, we'll be meeting here online, inviting you to participate with us. Uh, this is difficult for me. No one, uh, no one ever uh, told me that uh, part of being an extrovert would be quietly in a building alone. I love it when church ends and I can get into <laughs> crowds of people. It's all the people I, to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm wired for this. The whole idea of social gifting, I'm not sure that that's part of my <laughs> own, but, uh, but I'm going to get stretched too in this whole <laughs> yeah. process. The, uh, no, and it is, I mean, and you know, obviously it's a very serious time, but also a, a strange time for so many of us, isn't it? So we wanted to take an opportunity this morning, the first time that we're doing uh, a service like this online, so we sort of would break from our, our normal series that we're teaching at the moment and, and do something that relates to the situation that we find ourselves in just now. Well, there's lots of fear around, and, and I think that's, that's to be expected. We understand how uh, in hard times or difficult moments where we don't always understand the information, we're trying to process. Uh, one of the questions I asked one of our, we're gifted Westside doctor here that understands disease, and we we're chatting, I said, you know, what news feed is giving me accurate information to make evaluations and understand this? And of course, fear about health and fear about our loved ones. It was interesting, just last night, talking to my buddy in New York City, his dad's 80 years old and in a nursing home, and he's now, now been left out of that. So he has to wait for 45 minutes to check in with nurses on dad's care. Uh, gripped with fear, understanding, you know, how, how does this work? And then we think about our jobs and we think about economy and how uh, when things pull back and, and suddenly everybody's just in this place of re resistance, not knowing where we move forward, everything kind of comes to a halt, which it needs to. Uh, what about us as church? What about us uh, individuals? It's true for every one of us in the areas of, 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 of where we, we go. Uh, fear, fear can bring the worst out in us. Fear, fear can take us into places, the, the hoarding part of what we're watching in the world. I, I saw an article online of a, an elderly person in front of an empty shelf, and they said it probably isn't the virus that could take her life. It's the fact that she could starve to death because there's no food available for us. Yeah. The worst comes out, and, 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 and yet there's other opportunity that we have to think about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I can't help but, but noticing that, that fear sort of reveals our need for Jesus. And, and I don't mean, you know, the way that we often like talk about how Jesus helps us in our fear, but, but, but actually it reveals our need for the Jesus to save us from ourselves, from the sort of things that we can very easily start doing to each other and ourselves in, in, in times of fear. Uh, and, and I've been thinking a little bit about this language of, of, of fear. Uh, let me put it this way. I, I see a lot of 
of kind of fear not Christianity going on on the internet right now. So I scroll through my social media feed. I don't know if I'm, I'm probably like everybody at the minute that most of my day is spent <laughs> doing this. Like what is it, what's happening now? And, 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 and who's, I've found all these terrible websites that give me number updates as to how the virus is spreading. And these are not good things for my health, but, you, but we're, all, we're all connected to them and we're watching them. Um, and and but I've noticed then all of a sudden there's, there's all these pictures out there from all different places saying, you know, Jesus says, fear not, yeah, fear not. And the basic premise of, of what I call fear not Christianity is, is that Jesus said, fear not, so therefore we shouldn't be afraid. And like, like I get what somebody's saying when they say that, but let's be honest, you know, in the midst of a, of a, a pandemic, you know, when somebody says to me, hey, Jesus says, fear not. Now what I've got and what I'm dealing with is I've got all my fear. And on top of that, now I've got guilt, right? Because added to my fear is now, oh, now I'm not living like a proper Christian because I'm, I'm afraid. So I feel like we need, we need something deeper as a response than simply saying, hey, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Uh, because it, it leaves us in a place of guilt. I don't think we find it that helpful. Like, in a situation like this, of course people are going to be afraid. And so the problem for us often as Christians is we, we set up this, uh, let's call it a dichotomy of fear and faith. Right? So, so what we say is that these two things don't work together. Uh, and we've taught this before at Westside, but I think it's worth remembering at this sort of particular time that faith is not in some sort of dichotomy with, with fear. They, they actually can work together sometimes. That actually faith might be how you act when you're afraid, rather than, rather than how you act and not be afraid. But actually faith, like I need faith when I'm afraid because it's gonna help me navigate through my, through my fear. Also the second thing about the kind of whole faith fear thing is, and I, and I always wanna say that we gotta be alert to this. If you have fear and somebody comes along and says, well, hey, Jesus says, don't be afraid, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna get from having fear to not being afraid like you're told to? Well, guarantee the only thing we can do is try harder. And, and I always want people to have that little, like, you know, light bulb start flashing on their da dashboard when you hear that language of try harder. Because the moment you hear try harder, you know you're not operating in a grace paradigm anymore. Now you're operating according to works. Like, what do I gotta to do to, to, to sort of get there? I just don't think that's how Jesus wants us to be, you see. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, you know what, you're gonna have trouble in the world, right? Uh, he then brilliantly tells us, don't worry, you know, I got, I've overcome the world, but, but in this moment, you're gonna have trouble. And this is a fact, it's not faith-related. Jesus doesn't say, you're gonna have trouble in this world unless you have more faith, or you're gonna have trouble in this world unless you, you know, believe in me more. He just says, you're going to encounter troubles in the world. Uh, but instead of, of saying, you know, try harder, what Jesus says is take heart. Because, because I've overcome the world. So, so really the kind of place for us in our, in our moment of fear is to, is to take heart. Um, I found it helpful to maybe think about it like this, and, and I hope this helps uh, people, is that when you hear this language of fear not, and there's lots and lots of fear not language in the Bible, and we wanna take that deeply serious. But instead of hearing it as a command, which just let, leaves you feeling guilty, what if we started to hear fear not as an invitation? as an invitation to step into a sort of grace-filled trust in Jesus. So no matter what we're going through, we, we're invited by God to trust him in the midst of our fear. Wow. Do you know, it's one of the, the best parts about reading through the New Testament and understanding the life of Jesus is that every, every situation where there was fear, whether it was an illness issue, whether it was Peter in a boat, he read the room. 
Mm. And, and there wasn't a set parameter of rules that he did. So, you know, he invites Peter to come out. We, we see, you know, you know, I'm not the best of swimmer. You have everybody else, you're leaving your little group of friends in the boat. They're a little unnerved, the fact that he would think he can actually do the water. You know, there's all these moments in it when we think of Jairus's daughter, when we think about the centurion and, and, and saying to Jesus, listen, he offers to even go to his house. He said, I'm going to come to your home because that's the right thing to do. And he says, I totally get it. You don't have to, just speak the word. Yeah. And so there's this, this situation in every invitation to say, how do we respond? How do we act around that? The serious situation gives us a chance that we're facing right now that, that we've never had a chance to be the church, mm. even for us in our, in, our, in our time here, that often when, we, when we've been talking about this whole text in Jeremiah 29 7, that it is about the best for our city, that there's a reason for us of being here in our own neighborhood, around the people that we've been placed. So there's something that's been growing, even in the midst of scrolling and trying to understand context and, and what's real or not real and how far is this and what does this do for us and, and what does it look like for vaccination, all the, the thoughts that we'd all be having. But here we are in the middle of it, that we can look back months down the road and say, look at how we responded. We've been, uh, we've been reading through a book as a board called Scattered Servants. Yeah. And it's a, it's a stretching book. It's, it's someone who you know back in UK. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's got a lot of really important pieces to it. But the premise is to remind us that instead of living in, we live out, we live out. So this idea of servants that are scattered amongst a community, this is how we serve versus just coming, enjoying the Sunday opportunity to yeah. grow and then leave and not do anything with that. It, it seems that there's a, there's a scattering into a Monday and now the whole idea of being a scattered servant, a scattered follower of Christ, now leverages us into a world that that is really different for us in these present times. I think this situation gives us an opportunity and actually forces us to be invited into something that is a stretch for all of us. And, and that's gonna look different right across the board for each person. But there's something about moving into a difficult situation that we weren't really prepared for. It is not scheduled, but here it is in front of us. How do we respond to that? Mm -hmm. I, I think that, um, like I really connect to this idea that, that church moves beyond just the, the notion of being a service, you know? Uh, and, and I think that, like, that's what we're facing now, I suppose, as the church across our city. You know, I'm, I'm looking across, you know, various churches across the city, and, and the vast majority of them are, are canceling, you know, services. Uh, and so now we get this opportunity to realize, well, what does church look like when, when it's not a service? You know, when, when actually, not, you know, we've been saying, pastors have been saying for years, haven't they? Hey, there's more to church than just a service. Well, now we're kind of going, hey, there might not even be a service for the next short while. What does church, you know, become in that sort of context? So, you know, <laughs> unsurprisingly for me, me, I find myself turning to scripture at this sort of point. And, um, and I just find myself reading uh, just about the, about the very first Christians in Acts chapter two and verse 42. Uh, you know, I mean, you know this text, but let me, just, let me just read it. It says, they devoted themselves. This is the very, very first Christians, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Well, that sounds like a regular service at some level. You go, yeah, okay, all those things are, are in a service. And, and then it says, awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. So the apostles were doing things that people hadn't seen before. Uh, and I think that, that, that way of thinking about that's really important, doing things that people hadn't seen before. Um, all who believed were together and all, had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as they had need. Day by day, 
as they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home. They ate food with gladness and generous hearts. And they praised God and having goodwill. This is, think about this. They were praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So we get this sort of picture of the early church. And your first sentence, you think, oh, this sounds like a church service. There's teaching, uh, there's fellowship, there's a breaking of bread, there's communion, and there's prayers. But then as it starts to, to, to sort of work out, you realize that the early church you know, I, I want to say it like this. The early church wasn't a service. It was a group of people who were in service. So, so they were, they're, they're committed to one another. They're serving each other. They're in common fellowship together. They're meeting up regularly. They're, I mean, they're selling things to help people who don't have enough. So, so like the complete opposite of what we see in our time of fear where we start hoarding, these people are doing the complete opposite of that and saying, how can we help others? But just notice that line here. So we're holding all these ideas together in our head. You know, and they had good favor with all the people. You know, like what, a, what an incredible vision of, of, of the church, if you think about it, you know, of that, that, you know, seek the welfare of the city, says Jeremiah in 29.11. Sorry, 29.7. Jeremiah says, seek the welfare of the city. And then, and then here we have in Acts, all of the people had good favor towards, towards the church. You know, I sometimes wonder when we think about the early church, if we, we kind of almost imagine, imagine that they changed the whole world by just having a service for an hour and 15 minutes on a, on a Sunday morning. But when you read Acts, you realize, no, this was changing the whole way that they, they lived. Now, what gets really fascinating for me then, for us at this particular moment, is uh, for me, there's, a, there's a, a sociologist who analyzed early Christianity called Rodney Stark. And and, and Stark was fascinated, and he wrote a book called The Rise of Christianity, and he was fascinated by how is it that Christians developed. So he dived into the first two or three centuries of the Christian church to say, what were they doing? Like, what was it about this group of people that spread? Like, how did it spread? It's like, you know, it's, it's like Jesus was not far off a Jewish peasant, and, and, and within a few hundred years, the entire Roman Empire is Christianized. Like, like what was it about these people? And, and, and so Stark, he, he, like you could spend a whole series talking about his analysis, but there's one thing he notes what was quite common in the period in the, in the during the early uh, period of Christianity was it was quite common for disease to spread. It was quite common for epidemics to happen. So that wasn't unusual. You actually see the numbers of the Roman Empire being affected by epidemics all the time. Common strategy was when an epidemic hit a particular area, uh, one group of people who could afford to would leave that area and leave the sort of poor and the downtrodden to essentially either die from the epidemic or survive, right? Um, and Stark notes that when, when a village or a town Christianized, when they actually started to turn to Jesus, what happened is these epidemics still came in, but the behavior of the townspeople changed. No longer did you see the running off of people, but actually everybody stayed in it together and said, how do we represent Jesus? How do we love our neighbors? in the midst of this, of this scary time. So we actually see sociological evidence that the church changed people's attitudes towards the very sort of thing that we are, that, you know, that, that, that we're dealing with right now. So for me, there's a sense in which, like this is scary. You know, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm scared. I got parents, I'm scared. We're all you know, in this sort of context of being, of being scared. But there's something rooted into being a Christian that says, this is an opportunity to also show love of God and love of neighbor uh, in a time like this. Yeah. I think there's two things that we have to consider that um, we're going to keep moving forward at this time. And, and in fact, I think it's, I think there's something of what God is going to do in us that we, uh, even as you've unpacked there, as you look at 
look at what happened in early church. But there's something God's going to do in us that we've not seen before. Mm. And it comes under in that context of fear and, and, and wondering, but, but driving faith forward. And so even when we can't meet in person, there's just something that we are going to watch happen. When faith steps in, I believe faith brings creativity. So it was interesting, early in our, in our last church, uh, we had uh, first opportunity to be a part in our city in Barrie, Ontario, to the SARS uh, epidemic that hit us right, okay. so strong. And as a, as a community of 100,000 people, there was eight concerts that were going on throughout Canada to raise money for, for what had happened. And as a church, we said, we got to respond to this. Like, but what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so we have this massive group that's coming to our town. The church has all literally pushed away from being involved in it. And as a young church and always looking for creative ideas to impact our city, because that was our purpose, we said, we've got 18 acres of land that's less than a kilometer away. What if we made it the parking lot? And so we rushed to Costco. Uh, We didn't need toilet paper. We needed water. (laughs) So we went after cases of water and we slugged the whole staff everybody could get. We started putting uh, cases and pallets of water out in the field. We rented some, uh, some, the industrial vans, 12, 15 passenger vans. And we started running everybody that could move in to, uh, off the, off the highway. We got them to the event and what an, it, it was just an incredible moment that we just said, this is the need that we have. We've got 18 acres of land. We can do it. The whole staff pulled behind it, but suddenly this creative idea and I'm out on, you know, I'm painting signs, put them on the road. We've got everybody drive, drive. We weren't charging for it. We weren't raising money to, to proceed our new church. It was a way to care for people. So it's just something about faith in the middle of these crises that pushes us to say, how does the gospel change other people? Uh, it, interesting that, that we got a lot of trouble for it, but we didn't get trouble from the city. Uh, some of our churches thought it was a bit of a, a bit of craziness that we would yeah. be in support of that. But we said, this is what we're called to do. Our call is for our city. So, so there's, there's this sort of, I think this is really important just to grab onto in that sort of sense. You, you're, you're essentially, faith looks for creativity. Faith looks for those kind of creative moments. And some of them will be things that a church does, but some of them will be things that an individual person does. That there's, there's, and, and I think what we're saying, you know, think, think back, even just what I was saying a few minutes ago, that, that, that faith is about how we behave during fear, not how we behave in absence of fear. And, and I, I just, I constantly think what's happening is we're, we're allowing fear to set our agenda. And that doesn't mean we don't think, you know, like we've all seen the situation where we could go, oh, I have faith, so I'm just gonna ignore this situation altogether. That's wrong. Or we could say, oh, I'm just gonna be really afraid, so let's just all batten down the hatches and, and you know, everyone for themselves. I love this idea that you're saying about how well, well, faith actually says, okay, we are scared. There is fear, but where's the creativity for God to work through? I, I really think well, it's powerful. You, you know, David, the, the part that's so unique for us is that we're all in this. Sometimes yeah. we're in our own situation. It's our own marriage challenge, our own kids challenge, it's our own yeah. job challenge. We're all in this together. Yes. This has put everybody in the same Goodness, surrounding. 100%. And so, yeah. you know, I, I found yesterday, I, I, I realized we may be out of dog food. I don't know that there's going to be a shortage, but I thought I just need to be sure. You do have a dog. We have a dog and and we now have an extra bag of dog. And so I grabbed a couple of items and it was interesting for the, for the first time I, I reached out to help someone unpack or place their groceries. I've never thought about that before. Mm. It's not that I wouldn't, but you know, when you're in Costco, it's parking lanes. You got to get that spot, get a a cart. I'll take your spot. I'll take your cart. We're good. And I thought, I'm just going to help. I don't, I don't know who it was just in helping, helping in the process of the activity of moving things around. There's something that we're all didn't, it wasn't because they had a Christian sticker on their vehicle. It wasn't because I liked their car. It wasn't because they looked like they couldn't lift the groceries. There's just something about all being pulled together Mm. at this Mm. moment that I think is an incredible thing, but God gives us a creative moment 
to say, I think we can do this. This is yeah. something, and it's going to be outside of our zone yeah. or we're, what we're used to doing. So I think that's one of the things that, that we are going to believe that, mm. that something out of this is going to generate yeah. uh, a, a difference in our, in our neighborhood and our, our community around us. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think, you know, we've been chatting a little bit and, you know, there's probably a whole, well, I mean, let's be honest. We don't actually know how this is going to work. We don't know what our government response is going to be next week as it was, as we didn't know what it was going to be last week. We don't know how the virus is going to affect Calgary. We don't know how it's going to affect our country. So obviously we're praying about all of that. But I think what we're saying as a leadership team is that there's, there's going to be new and unfolding opportunities to love our neighbors in, in the coming weeks. What, what might be the, the, the sort of way that we do it this week might not be the way that we do it next week. But, but we want to hold on to this idea that the gospel gives us opportunity to serve our neighbor even in the most terrifying times. And, and, and you're 100% right in what you say. You know, like often empathy works that, oh, you know, look at what Bobby's going through. It must be really tough for him. But like, you know, the ground is level at the, the moment. Like everybody's, every, you know, and even when people come out with the statistics and say, well, it only seems to affect this demographic, almost as if that's a good thing. But then we go, well, we all know people that we love in that demographic or are in that demographic ourselves. So, so like we really are all in this. But, but we thought there was probably two things that we wanted to talk about right now that we think as where we are right now, I think we can step into a place of action as a church. Um, one of those things is to talk about house church. Uh, you know, for as long as we are allowed to and you know, I think it's important to say as long as you're following all the correct guidelines, you know, why don't you meet up in your, in your house church? You know, we can't all come into the West Hall at Westside Kings and, and we can't do all the things that we normally do, but, but we could meet up in our houses. Uh, we're going to, as a church, keep producing content that will encourage you, that'll speak to you, that will teach you. Uh, we're going to do that and we're not just going to do that on Sundays. We're going to look at ways to sort of feed things out to you through the week, but we'll be doing a service every Sunday online until we're we're allowed to meet together again. We're also going to be producing content for your kids and for youth as well. So it's not just what goes on in our West Hall, but what happens through our whole sort of Sunday, because we know that, that kids are facing challenges in their faith and fear at this particular moment uh, as well. So here's a thought. What if you, what if you got together on Sunday morning uh, with you know, whether it's just your immediate family or whether it's with your house church to, to watch our service. You know, you say, hey, let's, let's all get together and do this. Let's eat together. Let's pray together. Let's take communion together. Like there's all sorts of things you can do as long as you're doing it uh, safely. Um, you know, maybe you're not in a house church. Uh, so at which point you could reach out to us and we can connect you with the house churches that are potentially available. Um, Maybe you want to start a house church. You know, maybe you've been sat for, for, for a little while and, you know, and you thought, oh, you know, maybe or I don't have the time. And, you know, well, you know, everything's changed. Now we're working from home. Yeah. <laughs> now all our sports programs yeah. are canceled. Now our kids' programs are canceled. You know, like, just, if, if, we'll just take anybody that would want to come and visit and be a different face, right? So, so there's a sense in which we're, we're kind of, uh, there's an opportunity for you to start a, a house church. And, and now, listen, I think there's something important about to say about that. Though. That's just not like, okay, we can't do our program here. Here. Let's do our program there. I'd want to say, you know, where's the opportunity for us just now as the church to, to think about, you know, we don't have one opportunity, but now we have a new opportunity. You know, like we all know somebody who stepped away from faith. You know, that, that maybe at some point they, they journeyed with, with Jesus, but that's kind of, you know, just life gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? And, and okay, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, maybe those people now are thinking, hey, like, you know, what's going on and, and where do I put my trust and, and how do I make sense of that? You know, and, and you know, 
it can be hard to say, hey, do you want to come to church with me? You know, and well, I don't want to go to church. Or maybe the person's never had faith and going to church is, is terrifying. You know, but brunch at your house, uh, you know, that might be an opportunity to connect with that person that you've, you know, lost touch with, that person that's lost touch with their faith or somebody that's never had faith. Hey, you know, we're getting together at our house. We're going to watch some teaching that's just going to help us navigate life at this difficult time. We're going to, you know, we're going to meet together while it's safe. And these small groups, there's nothing wrong with that at this present moment. So, so why not, uh, you know, lean into that. This is a lonely, I'm just convinced this is going to be a lonely time for a lot of people. And, and one of the things that Jesus has always offered us in church is, well, you know, is, is a chance to, to be in community, to be in fellowship. And we've got to be wise and we've got to do it appropriately. But, but I think there's great opportunity for us to reach out to our neighbors and our friends at a time like this. Well, and I think for us as a church, and I, and I just, I love where you always take us because we believe discipleship is, is such a significant piece. And, you know, you know David, it, it, amongst the challenge and, the, and, the, and faith kind of arising amongst our fear, the ability to get involved, mm. that, that often we'll teach and push, 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 yeah. but this is, there's, a, there's an organic, there's a natural piece of this that, that might be uh, beyond what we could even push mm. people towards. And so one of the things that we feel that's pretty significant for us is, is, there will be people who are isolated. There are people that yeah. just aren't going to be able to yeah. get out. They're going to need food. They're going to need uh, different things, medications, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to look at ways that we can, uh, just in the same way that we wanted to open up our last church to be able mm. to be a parking lot, yeah. how do we be active to our neighbors here that can't mm. get out or need well, help? You know, I mean, man, uh, what can we do? Just think, of, think about it like, like this. You know, maybe you're, everything's going well with your life, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you hear, hey, my neighbor, you know, I was hanging out with my neighbor, they're now not so well, you go to get a test, now you've been told you've got to be 14 days in isolation. You know, maybe you don't have 14 days worth of medication, or maybe you don't have 14 days worth of, of food, so what do you do, right? And, and what a great opportunity for the church to say, hey, you know, we can help with that. Yeah, we'll be involved. Mm. And, and, and again, great volunteers, people, people that are available, that are well, and that have flexibility to do it. Uh, man, I, I think that's a great opportunity for us. So wouldn't it be great when we look back at this story that there's something written in someone's life that, that caught them by the surprising grace of God that, mm. you know, I don't have my faith where it worked out. In fact, if I thought about faith, I would just breed more anger and more frustration. But suddenly the church <laughs> yeah. showed up yeah. when at, at, my, at my greatest moment, at the, at the yeah. place when it counted more than ever before. And, and I do think there's something in that that God can use us. So, yeah. so we're going to look at ways to be able to be available. We've got a, a, a website that we're going to drive some people to, mm -hmm. to be able to say, it'll, it'll be online to say, listen, yeah. I'm well, I'm available. And, and we've got, a, we've got a, a ton of people that come out to our events yeah, that yeah. aren't part of our church. And we're going we're gonna to invite yeah. them. They're our neighbors. Yeah. And we're going to say, hey, if you're well and you're able, come connect with yeah. us. We need you to be neighborly in yeah. your own surroundings. And I think that's, that's, yeah, that's what absolutely. the church has to move absolutely. forward in. So, so one of the things, so what we'd love you to do in that is, is go to our website. And there's two ways you might want to do that. You might want to go to the website and say, you know, hey, I'm struggling right now, and I, uh, you know, I, I need someone. You know, I'm going to order my groceries on online, and but I just need someone to go pick them up and drop them off at my door. I don't even need to be in contact with that person so much if I'm not allowed to be. But if you could leave them at the door for me, or do the same for the pharmacy, you know, that would be that would be incredibly helpful. So, so, so you go, that person, what we're going to set up is that person can go to the website and they can leave their details. But equally, you might be sat going, hey, I've been asked to work from home. I'm perfectly well. <laughs> I've not traveled in the last 14 days or anything like that, and I'm feeling great. I'd love to drive down to the grocery store, pick up the person's groceries and drop them in their house. And just, like, what an incredible opportunity to, to, to serve 
and love our neighbors. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, you know, I hate to pause for a Westside commercial, but I gotta be honest. <laughs> we're, we're just so blessed with such great volunteers. Mm. You know, we've, we, you know, the, the, the tech that's working right now to make today, you know, people that have been working overnight all day yeah. to put it together. When I think of the, the intelligence, I mean, we have people that are part of Samaritan's Purse that, that energize entire collapses in, yeah. in, in significant areas. They're all part of Westside. Mm -hmm. And so leveraging, and even all of the day-to-day -day interaction of the disease, like I said, uh, we have a couple of doctors here that have been so helpful for us in our decision process yeah. making. People that are just waiting online praying, mm -hmm for all of the decisions. It's, it's just an amazing part. And even though we know that this is gonna change day by day, week by week, we're ready to go. Yeah. And, and we're gifted because somebody stepped in. And you know, when you, when, when you talk house church, it, it, it's unbelievable that sometimes churches just get in the way. Yeah. And, and I think of one of our house church, they're, they're an older group and they're just, they're mature in their faith. And they said, listen, we want to do something. So they stepped in and did a missional opportunity this year at, at Christmas mm. without any permission. And they were, they were looking for it. And we yeah. said, we don't need to give you permission, just did it. And that's what happens when you put people together and their yeah. faith comes alive. Absolutely. So th these are going to be exciting times for us. I think so. And, and, and they're going to change and they're gonna change possibly daily at points. It's, you know, what was the rule yesterday isn't the rule today, you know, but, but if, we, if we could just be prepared to serve uh, as a community for as long as we're able and as long as it's, it's, it's allowed and, and, and safe, then what a, what a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the truth is we all come from different backgrounds. You know, you and me have lived different lives, People that are watching with us today have lived different contexts. And for many of us, like we've just never had to live through anything like this before. It's, uh, it's brand new. And, 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 and when something's new, what we tend to do is we look for models, don't we? We look, for, we look to other people to figure out how it is that we're going to behave. Um, and that's a problem when everybody's panic buying, hoarding, acting like a jerk to their neighbor. You know, so, so actually, you know, like, I don't... I don't, that doesn't look like the right way to behave. So what we want to encourage as a church is that, that we look elsewhere. You know, don't look, don't look at the media channels. Uh, you know, I don't want to say don't go on social media, but if you do go on social media, be a force for loving your neighbor, not a force for being selfish. You know, be a person that, that speaks to something brighter than that. Uh, maybe this is a thought. Maybe we should look elsewhere as a church for our guidance. Maybe we should look to Jesus. You know, maybe we should look to these early Christians that showed us something of what it looks like to, to live out Jesus uh, in, our, in that sort of situation. Yeah. You know, by what I just love, and, and it's, par it's part of the creative side of my brain. It's always been this way. I, I think that there's something, it's an organic piece that, that surprises us. Mm. And I said it a few months ago when I was speaking. I think that oftentimes we like to schedule in mm. a God moment. And boy, yeah. I, wish, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> but it just seems that time when, on Tuesday. Yeah, you know? I've just got it right in. That's the moment I yeah. do it. And we put a color around it. And we have a name for it. That's what we do. Yeah. And unfortunately, I just think it doesn't work that way. And so there's something about uh, the opportunity that God leans mm. us into. Mm. And it's, it's like organic nature of God's grace. He just said, here's the chance. Here's the window. Here's the yeah. person. You know, so many of us are living in relationship today yeah. because when it was an organic moment that God provided, it was, a, it was yeah. a comment on the street, it was a comment in line, it was an invitation, it was a moment together. Yeah. And I think in these, even in difficult times, somewhere we watch how God has led an mm. opportunity that we never would have created. We just mm. recently, uh, one of our board members, uh, we were heading over and uh, going to get together and, and he called and he said, man, he said, I'm, I'm just heading out. He said, I'm on my way to the hospital. Mm. And he said, Bobby, I don't do this. 
And I said, what do you mean? He said, I've got someone that their daughter is, is in, in, in danger of passing with a, with a sudden illness that has just come upon her. And, and well, you know, here's a couple of things you do. And, and it was amazing afterwards, the conversation. He said, it just, I can't believe what I did. But suddenly on an unscheduled moment in his week, he has to step in and be Christ in the middle of a very mm. uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And A plus, he did it. Yeah. And, and so these are these organic moments that God is going to mm. be leading us into, yeah. and we're going to be prepared for those, and that's going to be exciting. So I want to yeah. encourage all of you, be ready for that. And, and again, somehow trust God that he's leading you in that. Yeah, and you're not always going to know what it's going to look like, no. but if you're ready, no. no. So let me... Let me finish with a blessing for you then this morning as, as you're uh, in your houses or, 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 or watching with your family or however you're connecting with this. Uh, let us just simply say this as, as a word of blessing. May you, may you not find guilt in the midst of your fear right now. Instead, may you find Jesus' grace that encourages you to trust him, encourages you to lean on him so that in your fear, you can find something else of him, perhaps that you've never had to lean on before. And may you also, in this moment of crisis, in this significant moment for our world, may you also look for the opportunity to, to let the grace and love of Jesus leak out for, from you. May that love find itself in you as love for your neighbor. And may you find creative, ingenious, moments of ideas that you can use to help, to love, and to serve your community. And may God's grace and peace be with you. Amen.